Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A few episodes ago, I asked for your feedback. I wanted to know if you were enjoying the reintroduction of the catch-up segment. Now, this is something that I had done in episodes in the past, and then I just kind of stopped doing it for a period of time, and I was missing it, so I brought it back. I have been sharing over the last few weeks in the first five minutes, I'd say, of the episodes what I've been reading, what we've been watching, and what I've been listening to, and Like I said, I had asked for feedback on that segment and some of you so kindly reached out and said that you really enjoyed it and also I really enjoy it. So yeah, we're going to keep it for now for as long as it feels right and from week to week, sometimes a lot doesn't change because I go through phases where I read really quickly and then phases where I'm not really reading at all. And so sometimes there won't be as much of an update. But with that said, I do kind of have sort of a big update, I guess. So the background on today's catch-up segment is that I am currently, as we all know, just over six months pregnant. And overall, I felt really good. I felt really level-headed. But in the last couple of weeks, I'd say, I've just started to feel a little bit behind and a little bit unprepared specifically for childbirth. Now, I had set an intention at the beginning of this pregnancy not to overwhelm myself with information because there is so much out there that you can read and that you can worry about and that you can think you're not doing right. And, you know, I've approached different areas of my life in this way, trying to prepare myself in every single way that I possibly can. And that relationship with information sometimes is not enjoyable for me and is overwhelming. But I do think that there's a balance and I think at this point I feel like I want to specifically going into childbirth be educated because I want to feel empowered and I want to feel safe in making certain decisions. And I also, you know, want to feel comfortable going into that experience. And I think, especially in some of the materials that I'm going to share, I've realized that it seems like we have to counteract all of the messaging around childbirth in order to go into it without a great deal of fear. And I really have had this realization that I want to go into it 
knowing that anything could happen, but at least having a positive or even neutral outlook on the experience and knowing and reminding myself this is what the body is designed to do and it knows what to do and whatever I can do to make myself feel safe, comfortable, and supported in that experience is what I want to do moving forward. So I'll be honest, I have not actually been reading as much lately. I feel like my time that I usually read is before bed, but I've been craving just listening to relaxing, you know, affirmations or ASMR before bed for whatever reason. I'm just going through a phase where I'm kind of feeling that. And I think part of it is a lot of what I was reading, like I had mentioned, was very dark and heavy. And maybe this is just my mind's way of being like, you need a break from that. With that being said, I will share what's on my reading list and what I plan to read next, specifically as it relates to pregnancy and childbirth. And this was actually recommended to me by my midwife. I've also seen it online a bunch, and it's called, I think I'm pronouncing this right, In a May's Guide to Childbirth. So I'm going to start that. And then I also this week started watching a hypnobirthing course. So as I've been eating my breakfast every single morning. I've been watching one or two videos in that course. It's just a video-based kind of self-guided course about hypnobirthing. And it's actually been really good so far, again, to recognize how important it is to unlearn some of the narratives and unravel and deconstruct some of the fear around childbirth. So I don't really have an analysis or a review yet on how that is because I'm very much in the beginning, but I will keep you posted if you're interested on basically how that course is. There are a lot out there about hypnobirthing and I'm just learning about it, but for me, it's just a way of feeling a bit more prepared mentally, physically, and that was something that came up that was interesting to me. So again, I'll keep you posted on how that goes. And then Staying with the theme in terms of what I'm listening to, I have been listening to birth stories on this podcast called The Birth Hour. And again, all of these different resources are a way to expose myself to positive, normal stories about birth to deconstruct that traumatic idea I have in my mind. And I don't think this is something that necessarily has to happen if you're pregnant or if you're like going down that path. I think just in general, it is important because it can stop us from circulating those traumatic ideas and sharing that with people who are going into childbirth. So thought I'd share those resources. We'll keep you posted on how they're going. And with that said, we're ready to get into the episode. Now, before we get into it, I want to share something that's been on my mind about this podcast and about my online presence. You may have noticed it or you may not have noticed it, but I've shifted away from talking about certain topics specifically in the realm of, you know, what is traditionally referred to as wellness. I've shifted away from talking about those things as much as I used to and 
There are several reasons why I've done this. Part of it is a natural evolution of my self-expression, you know, wanting to expand a bit beyond one specific niche and explore different topics. And another side of it, which I've talked about before, is this kind of information and content overwhelm in the realm of what we'll call self-improvement. And I didn't really want to add to that in a way that makes people feel like they're not doing enough because I myself, when I've been heavily tuned into that type of content, began to feel like I wasn't doing enough. But the third reason is, to be honest, sometimes it just feels cringy to me and I feel embarrassed to talk about these things and even a little self-indulgent. I sometimes feel wrong for thinking and reflecting on a vision for my future, you know, when there's a lot of traumatic things and pain and suffering in the world and just the general feeling collectively is very dark. And on one hand, I get it because sometimes this stuff can be out of touch or in your face and At the same time, I've been thinking about how not being religious myself or having that structured way to practice faith or connect with a greater purpose, I it's important for me to cultivate this in my own way. And I've identified that I need to stay connected to that because even when things are difficult, on an individual level or collective level, having a connection with some aspect of faith in some way is what makes me hopeful and excited to be alive and to feel some sense of purpose. Otherwise, I feel like it can just get bleak pretty fast. And anytime that I've incorporated certain exercises and practices in my own way in a way that doesn't make me feel bad about myself I've felt a lot more of that connection to you know forward momentum at the very least but at best that feeling of hopefulness and faith for the future and it also allows me to invest my creative energy into something that makes me feel inspired and joyful even. Sometimes it feels like there are so few opportunities to connect with these things with hope, with joy, and even with you know that childlike experience of imagining different forms life could take on, sort of like a form of daydreaming. And my feeling is that one way or another, we're thinking about the future and we're imagining different outcomes. Maybe people who are super present in their lives don't do this as often, but I find myself thinking about the future, imagining certain outcomes very frequently. And in my case, I would imagine this is a shared experience, but I don't want to assume Often the image that forms and the projection that is made into the future, so what I'm thinking about and the way that I'm thinking about the future is heavily influenced by self-doubt and fear. So the idea that I'm feeding myself about my future literally 
impacts how I feel in the moment. It impacts my thoughts, my physical sensations, my behaviors, my mood, which all feed into my decisions and shape my future. So it's kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy loop. For me, this exercise that I'm going to share is about interrupting that feedback loop and creating a new idea to project into the future. One that makes me feel eager and excited and joyful or maybe even just neutral. But what I find interesting even in my own narrative about these types of practices is it seems to be more socially acceptable to have the former relationship with the future. So to expect the worst, to speak negatively, to not have a great deal of hope. So this is just something to consider as we have this conversation is even someone who talks about these things openly, who has shared a lot of my own personal practices, I still feel an interesting connection with them in a sense that I sometimes feel self-indulgent, it feels wrong, but again, the way that each of us is able to connect with some form of faith or hope or joy is going to be very different. This is one of the ways that I do that, and so this space is really just about sharing that and knowing that We all have our own relationship with what that's going to look like, but maybe you'll find something in here that you really like. If you feel compelled to do so, you can take notes throughout this episode, write things down, write down some answers. You may want to pause the episode. I'm kind of going to be sharing sort of a step-by-step process which will of course end with creating a vision board but there will be some sort of preliminary prompts leading up to that which if you've listened to this show for a while now you will probably already be very familiar with these prompts but we were revisiting them refreshing them and I'm going to be doing the same as we go along I'll share my vision and of course you can always come back and refine it later so with that said Let's get into it. So let's set the tone a little bit for this exercise that we're going to be doing together. Now, I've talked many, many times on this podcast about how approaching these types of exercises with a specific mentality, specifically that problem solver slash fixer mentality, when I've approached this area of my life and these types of exercises in that way, I have not felt motivated or excited. And I've usually ended up feeling badly about myself. Not only that, but I just didn't ever feel like it worked. Having that kind of negative outlook on myself and this mentality that I just needed to fix myself in order to be happy and writing this huge list of things that I wanted to change It just never really worked for me. And when I began to consider why, I came up with a few answers, which is, number one, this assumption, this underlying assumption that there is something wrong with me doesn't end when I solve the problem or the perceived problem that I set out to. I just find something new to solve because I'm so used to operating from that place and from that assumption. 
And so happiness or contentment is always at an arm's length because I'm operating from the assumption that where I am right now is wrong and I need to just fix it in order to feel right. Another observation is that when I feel like there's something seriously wrong with who I am or the way I'm doing things or my way of being, then I find that the vision that I create is often very far away from my current reality because, again, my current reality feels so wrong, so I have to choose something completely different. I have to change everything. And the cycle that that ends up perpetuating in my experience is I don't ever actually get to that new reality that I desire because I check out at some point, it feels too far away, it feels too difficult, and then I just continue to reinforce this cycle of having that negative idea about myself. A good example of this would be like fitness. So I would feel like there was something seriously wrong with my body. I would create this vision for myself where I was eating completely healthy, my diet completely changed, I was working out every single day, and all of these things represent maybe things that are quite far from my current routine. And that can be difficult to make those changes so quickly and so instantly. And so any setback and any point throughout that experience at which I am not able to keep up, I just slip back into that same old narrative of, well, I'm always going to have this body, I'm always going to be unhealthy, etc, etc. And then the last thing that I feel doesn't really work with this problem-solving fixer mentality is that for me, a big prerequisite for making lasting, sustainable change is that I actually want to make the change that I'm making. And I want to make it because it's important to me and who I am and my core values. Now, I think sometimes when we approach things in this problem-solving mentality, it's because we've been told that there is something wrong with us and we've been told that we have to do it a different way. And I just don't think that outside forces for me, are as impactful or as sustainable. So maybe I'll make it work in the short term to do it the way someone else wants me to do it, but is that really going to last in the long term and am I going to feel good doing it? So an alternative way I've found of doing things, and don't get me wrong, I did it that way for a very long time, but something that changed my whole experience, made things much more enjoyable, and actually I've been a lot more successful using this kind of approach can be described by the term that I have a whole episode about, which is the playful explorer. So I like to describe this way of seeing things as approaching reality like it's a playground or a buffet so the energy behind changes that I'm making in my life is very different from the problem solver it's more curious and playful and open-minded and experimental you know asking myself okay which door do you want to open which foods do you want to try where do you want to go who do you want to be and giving myself permission to explore new alternatives, new beliefs, new thoughts, new ways of being without a great deal of attachment or expectation. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And even just reminding myself of this idea that I am at a buffet. I don't have to keep making the same choice over and over. I have options. Even just that mentality for me is very comforting and very freeing and can help me get out of feeling very stuck. So that is generally how I like to approach these exercises. And, you know, with that said, if you resonate with that, then maybe that will be woven into your vision for this upcoming year. Okay, so let's get into actually creating the vision. And we'll start with step one, selecting a focus area or a category in which you're going to establish this vision. Like I said, sometimes the temptation in establishing goals or creating a vision for myself is to write down every single area of my life that I want to change and try to tackle every single category at once and, you know, identify all the things I don't like about my life so I can fix them and end up with this very long, overwhelming list. And again, what I found when I took this approach was rather than being an inspiring exercise, the process of creating a vision for myself and setting goals and what have you became more of a shaming exercise and the outcome was just feeling overwhelmed. So the imagery that I've shared before that comes to mind when I think of this approach of trying to tackle all of these things at once is you know, trying to carry a huge heavy stack of books and wanting to read them all at once. We can appreciate that that would be draining carrying around that huge stack of books and overwhelming to think about getting through every single one of them and just heavy. And so I shifted my approach to focusing on just one thing or maybe even two things at a time. So focusing on one category of my life and using the book analogy, removing some of the books from the stack and just reading one. Now, what do I mean when I say category? Everyone may have a different way of doing this, but 
I compartmentalize my life into the following categories, career, finances, home, family, friendship, relationship, physical health, and mental health. You may also have additional categories that are important to you and, you know, form a big part of your life, for example, religion, spirituality, etc. But however you compartmentalize your life, being able to establish those categories and then hone in on one or two. And how I choose is usually based on the category that I feel not so good about or that I just feel like curiosity to play around with. I feel like we probably already know, even me just saying this, you may already know where you want to start. And for me, by the way, this theme, this category doesn't change very often because I feel like I work through things iteratively and I can be focusing on the same category for a year or two years. And especially when there's like a lot of unlearning to be done, I feel like that is when I will gravitate towards focusing on a category because I can recognize that maybe the beliefs I have, the narrative that I have, or even my external reality is not in alignment with how I want that to look and what I desire, even from an internal perspective. But also there's an argument to be made for just choosing something that you already feel kind of good about and you want to play around with and going through that experience of feeling good about something and then being able to be experimental with it. I feel like that even enhances the ability to just be playful with this whole exercise. So with that said, I promised that I would share how I'm thinking about things in real time and my theme, my category of focus for this year again is career, which you'll remember isn't really new for me. I've been focusing on this for some time, but when I say that this is my focus area, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm building my whole life around my career. My priority and focus for the last year or so has been more so building my career around my lifestyle and learning a lot of the beliefs that I had about my relationship with my career, continuing to hone that, continuing to improve my relationship with my self-worth in my career, with my creative expression, with my, you know, financial literacy and there's so many aspects of it that I feel specifically with this area required a lot of unlearning for me and I'm still working on that and I've still come such a long way and the main reason that I'm continuing to focus on this area of my life is because I've already felt such a huge progression by approaching my life in this way, by holding that vision, by aligning my career to my own core values, that simply put, I just want to see how much better it can get, and I want to continue to work on that relationship. Okay, on to the next step. This is step two. I like to now begin to form a vision for my desired reality in the area that I've selected or the areas. Now, I am very familiar with what my current reality looks like and maybe what I don't like about my current reality, but what about what I actually desire? And like I said, beginning to project that into the future and to begin to move towards that reality. And 
The one thing I've become more mindful of in doing this exercise and forming a vision and setting goals, etc., is to be mindful of feeling any undertone of resentment or feeling stuck or frustrated that I'm not there. So if I establish a vision for myself and my thoughts start to go in that direction of, oh, well, I'm never going to get there, it's impossible, that is when I need to dial it back a bit or take a step back. Now, I want to use an example to illustrate the idea that the relationship that we have with our desired reality is important and matters. So let's say the focus area that I've chosen is physical health and I've established a goal or a vision for myself that is very far removed from my current routine. One example of this that I've personally experienced is I saw this trend going around of people doing what's called the 75 hard. It's a series of sort of health and lifestyle changes that you do for 75 days. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And as soon as I kind of put that in place, There must have been part of me that knew that that was going to be really challenging for me to adopt in my day-to-day lifestyle, and I began to just feel very, very resistant and stuck and frustrated and just bad about myself, and I didn't believe that I could do it, and I don't think that that is necessarily permanent that I'll feel that way, but the reality is is that I find if my vision represents something that feels a little bit closer to where I currently am, feels a little bit more attainable, accessible, and not completely out of reach, that is something that I've had a lot more success with and I've felt a lot better throughout that process. The question that I had when I first started thinking about my life in this way is, how do I actually start thinking about my future in a way that is rooted in my own core values and what are those core values. I was used to just doing things the way that, you know, you were expected to do them. And so I found it to be challenging to think about my life or to even ask myself, like, what do I want and what are my core values? I hadn't ever really considered that I had that agency and could establish a vision for myself and work towards things that were outside of what I was told or, you know, what was the quote right way of doing things. So I say this to basically explain that for me initially this didn't feel like a natural exercise or way of thinking to ask myself what do I want what is my vision what are my core values in fact I would say that it felt self-indulgent maybe even a little bit delusional and selfish and to be honest what I ended up realizing was I was constantly in the habit of thinking about what I didn't like about my life. And I know that a lot of folks will say you're not supposed to do that. Don't give any attention to things that you don't like. Ignore it. But for me, I just was thinking about it a lot. I didn't like a lot of my life at the time. And so I kind of thought, why don't I use the fact that I'm very familiar with what I don't like to my advantage. So in other words, allowing what I don't want and what I don't like to tell the story of what I do want and what I do like. And then 
once I have an idea of what I do like and I do want, identifying the core values that are at the root of what I desire. So I've used this example before of career, but something that I found to be particularly challenging when I identified that I wanted to shift my career was the schedule and the rigidity and the rules and what I ended up realizing through this reflection was that I desired more freedom and that became the foundation for how I built my vision. So I began to ask myself, what would it look like if I had more freedom in my career? Does that look like staying in this career? Does that look like shifting into a new field altogether? And just allowing that vision to form and evolve based on what I desire and what is my core value. So again, the outcome here is to take the category that we're focusing on and identify the two to three core values is how I approach it that I can build my vision around in each category. And something that I find to be helpful, an exercise that really helped me, was to start with what I don't like, allow that to tell the story of what I do like, so kind of looking at the opposite of those things, and then identifying some themes or some underlying core values. And again, for me, you will notice that My core values for the career category really haven't changed a lot. I've pretty much remained consistent in what I desire, and that's taken on a slightly different form over the years. But those core values are freedom, ease, and sort of a new one is financial security. So what that looks like is... Number one, freedom being the ability to decide how I'm going to spend my time and energy, to reconnect with my sense of curiosity, creativity, inspiration, self-expression, to have the work that I do and the way that I work be a reflection of who I am. The ability to spend time with my family, especially as we enter this new chapter where we welcome our first baby without the worry of work schedules. And that actually specifically came about from, again, recognizing what I didn't like about a former situation. When I was working full-time and I was living in a different city from my family and they came to visit and I was able to see them so infrequently and that made me really sad. And in that moment, I realized how important the core value of freedom and also family was to me. And so that was kind of also another point that led me into forming the vision of what my career looks like today. Ease represents being able to work in a way that comes naturally to me to play to my own strengths and my own way of doing things for my work and career to be a natural extension of me and for Financial is success to be easy and natural. And then something else that I identified was to continue to focus on inner work and recognize how that translates into ease in the external. And then the last one, financial security, having the systems and income streams in place to feel financially secure, especially as we welcome our new baby. Okay, moving into sort of the third step 
we're taking it a level deeper here where I like to connect everything I've shared so far with identity. So building out the version of myself living in the reality I've just described. So what that actually looks like, what this exercise looks like for me, may be different for you, how you like to do it, but I like to write down a list of how I would imagine that version of me speaks, acts, talks, behaves, spends their energy, who are they spending time around, where are they, and this can be really fun. It's like playing Sims. You're building out that character and identifying those characteristics of that person living that reality and what that would look like and recognizing it's just another expression of me. My brain seems to thrive if I do things in a segmented compartmentalized way. So what I like to do is I have my focus area, I have one or two or three kind of themes or core values that I'm going to build my vision around and then I like to write a list of what those characteristics look like under each core value. So how does the version of me that has that freedom in their career, how do they approach their day-to-day life? What does that look like? How do they speak? Who do they spend time around? What type of things are they consuming? And that is how I would start to build out that list. And then again, always focusing on managing overwhelm and keeping it simple that may result in a very long list and what I like to do is to actually just focus on embodying and practicing one or two of these characteristics or ways of being at a time until they feel natural and maybe that won't take as long as I expected to. I've actually found that to be the case for myself and Some things take longer than others, but it's a really interesting and fun process to be able to start to notice that that version of myself that at one point was somewhere in the future is how I'm naturally behaving now. And then the last step, step four, of course, which I really love to do is to create a visual representation, something to kind of connect my senses to my desired reality so I like to do that through a vision board some people don't like vision boards that's okay there are different ways of doing this some people like to incorporate all sorts of different things whether that's smell or taste or touch I like to do some combination of all of these things but I really do enjoy Pinterest keeping it simple and since I can't exactly do a live walkthrough I will link my Pinterest vision board in the show notes, just in case you're curious. So that kind of covers it. Those are my steps for creating a vision. This is how I have approached creating a vision for next year. And that process is always evolving. And so, of course, feel free to make it your own if you want to share what came out of this exercise or any reflections then feel free to do so via the anonymous submission or maybe leave a comment in the Spotify feedback link, which is at the bottom of every episode. Or you can DM me and share what you came up with and how you felt about this episode. So here's to going into 2024 with a fresh 
perspective or whatever year it is when you're listening to this. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.